This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Joy 94.9 presents Absolutely Everybody. Sponsored by and presented by Anecto, the People Network. Absolutely everybody, only on Joy 94.9. Welcome, Fiona. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. And uh, you're the CEO of Amaze Victoria. Uh, What can you... Tell us a bit about what Amaze does. Uh, I'm happy to do that. So Amaze is uh, the, we say, the peak body for people living on the autism spectrum and their families in Victoria. We've been operating for 48 years where a group of parents started uh, the organisation because they had these quirky children and needed to have some information and resources about them. Yes, and as a lot of these organisations do tend to begin from grassroots and I think that's something that uh, makes them particularly organic and wonderful. Let's start with an obvious question though it's not a very simple one. What is autism spectrum disorder? Yes it isn't a simple one but we try to make it really clear about uh, autism is a spectrum that's why it's called autism spectrum and at amaze we've started to describe autism as living on the autism spectrum rather and dropping the word disorder fabulous that's something i like to hear because we think that there are many talents and strengths within uh, being on the autism spectrum mm-hmm. and what Uh, It typically means to have a diagnosis of autism is there will be two things that are present. One will be uh, difficulty or delays with social development and social communication and also some issues around sensory under or over sensory, so sight, smell, taste, touch can be either under or over Mm -hmm. um, presented. And the final thing is could be uh, pre- what is also present is uh, repetitive or uh, need for routine behaviours and things that uh, are, are typically presented. So it usually is detected in children. As young now, we, we know that we're able to detect it even from 18 months, but typically around four or five years of age, the children may not be developing as a neurotypical child would be developing and they would be have those communication difficulties or repetitive behaviours that are... And many people have re- repetitive behaviours. I myself love of sorting things out um, but when those things are present and are causing challenges for that child that may be a sign that they need a diagnosis. Yes and if that's occurring um, what kind of services do you offer? So Amaze um, isn't a service provider in terms of we don't provide therapeutic services, Mm -hmm. but what we like to do, and as you mentioned, our strength is in supporting our community, which was our original formation, and it's our greatest asset that we have actually, our community. Uh, So we provide information and resources uh, to help people. We're not aligned with any service or have any particular focus, and we also do training of um, disability workers but also teachers and things to help them understand autism uh, better. Fabulous because um, 
we were saying earlier off air, um, you know, being able to access education for people in different ways that they learn and interact um, within the classroom is such a, a key thing to getting a, a good start in life and having access to the community in ways that other people take for granted. Yes, and we, you know, when we observe things like the United Nations Charter for the Rights of People with Disabilities, um, that's exactly what we're talking about is that everybody should have equal opportunity to participate and contribute into life and that's certainly the AMAZE position that we want to help people understand autism so they can support people with it. Fabulous and um, yeah that's such a great thing to have. So is autism more prevalent in boys or girls in your experience? Yes, so autism, the, the data shows that uh, it's around a four to one ratio between boys and girls that are diagnosed. Mm-hmm. However, there's an enormous amount of work going on in uh, girls and autism because what we're starting to see is that the underdiagnosis of girls is probably something that is occurring because the way autism presents in girls is a bit different to how it presents in boys and often with uh, boys behavior that could be more rowdy or whatever they tend to get the attention sometimes we see but with girls that um, and, and people with autism are pretty good mimics so if you think about girls and young girls and how girls form friendships and they do a lot of mimicking of each other. So sometimes autism can be quite hidden because the young girl with autism is mimicking her friends. Um, And so it looks like they're just a group of girls who are doing the same thing, but actually there could be quite a lot of stress and anxiety for that young girl and even linking to eating disorders. Mm. So we are doing more work and there's a lot of research going into really identifying girls. Click on the podcast tab via the new Joy website for the best of joy joy.org.au Can you tell me a bit about an event you've got coming up, Fiona, with your movie? Yes, I'd be delighted. Um, This year for World Autism Awareness Day, we have a film that we've made in a film event which is called Spectrospective, Stories of Autism. And the word spectrospective is drawn from two words, one being perspective and spectrum. So this really is perspectives of the spectrum so that we can not only raise awareness but increase the understanding of the diversity of autism and in how many different ways it presents in different people. So we've made a 15-minute film and that is going to be released tomorrow at village seven village cinemas across the state. And uh, we're very excited because we thought, who better to tell the story of autism than those living on the spectrum? Mm. And I like the fact that the title is so um, nicely thought out and um, creative. That's always a good sign. So is um, will the movie be screened as part of a, um, another movie showing? Is it Shaun the Sheep? It is. We have had fantastic support from uh, Village over a number of years now where they show sensory friendly movies, which means the lighting isn't as dark and the sound isn't as loud. So it really assists our community. And uh, they will be showing our film Spectrospective first, followed by Shaun the Sheep, which I'm told is an absolute hoot. Yes. And I must say, I'm going to be heading to see that with... Um, my brother and his partner next week because he's a bit of an animation buff so we tend to go along to all these kind of movies so 
Well, it's had four-star ratings, so I'm going to be excited mm. to see it tomorrow. I look forward to it as well. Um, can you tell me, um, what's your position at Amaze with the NDIS? Do you think there's going to be access, um, adequate access for people on the spectrum with NDIS? We're very positive and excited about the NDIS. Um, It is, as we all know, such a phenomenal reform um, and a major uh, step forward in really supporting people with disability. Uh, In terms of autism, what we have found is that within the seven trial sites across Australia, the highest um, group of people receiving plans are people with autism. So 25% of people getting plans through the NDIS currently are on the autism spectrum. And uh, so we're very pleased that they are getting that support. And uh, it, uh, we are also, you know, talking with the NDIS to make sure that that support is uh, really uh, most suitable to our community. But yes, um, I think in many ways, um, the NDIS was perhaps designed for people with physical disability at the forefront, but it's been very interesting that people on the autism spectrum and people with intellectual disability are the highest number of the highest groups receiving plans. Yeah, which is which is good. Um, and regular listeners to this show will know that we have spent a lot of time talking about the NDIS over the last year, um, partly because I myself. I'm a wheelchair user, but also because it is a major reform that is going to have wide-ranging impact across our community and will affect a lot of people and hopefully bring a lot of positive change. So I'm very heartened indeed to hear that there's so many people on the spectrum that are having access to it. And I'd also add that with um, the NDIS, of course, we know that the best thing for assisting people on the spectrum is early intervention, we call it. So getting in as early as possible is when, because it is a developmental disorder and all people develop most rapidly in those early years and it's no different to people on the spectrum. So the more they can receive support and therapy at those early years, the better the outcomes will be and NDIS is going to provide for that. And so what's some of the chatter you're hearing about um, how that will come about with the NDIS. Do you have any knowledge of that? Well, anecdotally, what we're hearing back is that parents are, um, you know, pleased to be getting a higher level of support financially for, to pay for services than they'd ever, ever had before, and that certainly would be our wish so that uh, we can intervene as quickly as we can. And then people who perhaps have higher needs who might be older and, you know, beyond childhood are also going to be supported uh, with their needs. So I think across the age spectrum and across the autism spectrum from high needs to lower needs, uh, the NDIS, we're hoping, will do a very good job. Yes, and that is very good to hear indeed. But we watch this space, of course. Well, yes, as, as is true with many of these things, it is a work in progress. Um, and something that can only get better over time. So we want to hear from you today here on Absolutely Everybody. Uh, So if you've got stories about working with or living with people on the spectrum or you are somebody 
who lives on the spectrum and you want to share your story, you can let us know on 0427 JOY949 or on air at joy.org.au and drop us a line because I'm all about um, shedding light on different parts of the community and making sure that people have a voice and we want to hear your voice today. Um, what else is Amaze up to at the moment, Fiona? So our priorities are really about, one, as we've discussed, watching what happens with the NDIS because it's such a significant one. Um, we're very encouraged in Victoria that um, the new government here has a special needs education plan uh, and uh, a recognition that teachers in training and teachers who are already in schools need further support and training in uh, supporting people with autism, supporting children with autism and with dyslexia. So we're very encouraged by that and we'll wait to see how that rolls out. We know that um, there are some fantastic schools doing great work with kids with autism because they've really invested in that professional development and made uh, the adjustments they need to in schools, which is not hard. Uh, so we're, we're very pleased to see that happen. But also from our community, we hear there is a long way to go with schools. Um, I guess, in, in short, following the law, which is the education standards are that all schools need to make necessary and reasonable adjustments for every child coming to their school. And uh, uh, the teachers are, I think, quite crying out for support around how to work with children with autism mm. to the maximum benefit for all. Yes, and um, if it's anything like when I was at school, there's still a lot of work to be done, but it's good that um, there's a lot more attention now on the fact that mm, these differences don't need to be scary and don't need to be seen as deficits. They, they're just something that needs to be worked out and... Hopefully then everyone has great access to education. Missed your favourite show? Head to the new Joy website and click on podcasts to catch up with the best Joy has to offer. Joy.org.au I think this discussion is absolutely fascinating. I'm actually dealing with Kleinfelter syndrome and there are so many parallels with uh, Kleinfelter's and Asperger's as well as uh, autism and I share a lot of those traits. Although everyone that has Kleinfelter's has completely different issues and different uh, things to deal with. I, uh, but generally the hardest period is when you're actually in an adolescent and your early schooling is really, really difficult. It's just being able to take in information and the amount of information that comes in, it sometimes gets so overwhelming and it's hard to deal with. Mm. And I, I had very, uh, oh, very late uh, oh, literacy development. I was late at uh, speech and I struggled with... Uh, being able to read and write and it wasn't because I didn't know what I wanted to say it was just there was no connection between where I was and the outside world and it also made it very difficult to express myself even though inside there was so much wanting to come out but I couldn't get it out so like I grew up like I was born in the 50s so back then there wasn't that much assistance so how, how has it changed now is is it um uh, is there any way of detecting or diagnosing um, Asperger's or um, uh, 
sorry, <laughs> really, uh, autism at a very early age, or is it something that just happens, someone just picks it up accidentally? I think it's a bit of both, but certainly you're right. I mean, um, Hans Asperger did his work post-war in the 40s, but it was only in the 90s that it was translated into English. So, yes, autism and Asperger's are relatively new phenomena, even though they've they've been around for a long time. Someone said to me recently, you know, what did what happened in, you know, the cavemen time? And I said, well, they probably, you know, like they were 50 years ago when Amaze was started. They thought, we've got these quirky kids. We don't really know what's kind of happening with them but let's sort of find our way so we certainly have come a very long way since then and um, some of the researchers out at La Trobe the Olga Tennyson Autism Research Centre are now um, have tools to identify autism in children as long as young as 18 months which is phenomenal and as we discussed earlier the earlier we get in and help children in these developmental areas and as you said your experience was the mechanics of actually writing and things Um, and this is you know there are a lot of those mechanics that need to be supported to develop Um, there are some non-verbal children with autism but they sing beautifully you know so they don't speak but they sing beautifully you know and there are ways that we can identify much earlier and assist it was something that was it was just a disconnection between the outside world as far as being able to communicate that i struggled with and it gave me a lot of labels when i was younger and i think that really traumatized me a lot because there were a lot of things inside my head that i just couldn't get out and since then i've i became an engineer and uh you know worked all over the world but I still struggle with a lot of the things that I dealt with back then and it would have been so nice to actually have had some assistance or someone picking up that it was just a small portion of my life Mm. that was was uh, lacking that I could have got some extra assistance with Mm. which would have made everything far more comfortable later in life. Mm. And we now have, so children would typically now be supported by speech therapists, which is not just about talking, but it's about communicating. So even for nonverbal children who may never speak, they still develop ways in which they can communicate. And occupational therapists, which help with the kind of more mechanics of actually doing things, because every child um, on the autism spectrum is different. So it presents in very different ways. So you do need these experts to draw out what their needs are and then to provide them with solutions of dealing with it. There are some really interesting papers that I've read over the years um, and the most surprising one that I had was, that I read was the positives or the upside of being autistic or having Asperger's or having Kleinfelters is that you actually form part of a a group of people that that become engineers, teachers, scientists and artists. So that, but it seems so strange, the difficulty that I went through in my earlier days and then to be able to actually fit into some of those categories has been pretty amazing so is it because of uh, the assistance that I would have received over the years or do you think that that's possibly just the way we're actually put together I think it is the way you put together and and certainly you had no support or assistance so it's pretty clear that you had this natural ability and we talked earlier uh, today about you thinking in patterns and 
sequences and on our film that we're releasing tomorrow, Spectrospective, uh, you will hear a large number of the people in the film saying we're fantastic problem solvers, we uh, have incredible attention to detail and that, a number of them repeat that again and again and so it is about building on those strengths and supporting the things that people on the autism spectrum find challenging is really what we need to be doing going forward. But the, equally, um, in the film they say, look, there's a lot of stereotypical type things too that people with autism are all good at maths. That's not true either. And some people with autism have very high needs that they won't be able to work in traditional employment that we know, but they all have a contribution to make. I think people are very valuable to the community. Everyone has something to offer. It doesn't matter who you are. You're still a person and you can add some value to the whole community. And uh, it's amazing. I've actually, I know three people that have autism or part of the autistic spectrum and they're quite amazing people. And one of them's an engineer, one's a scientist and the other one's a teacher. Yeah, there you go. And uh, it's really surprising how we can sort of work through things and I'm not sure whether it's the same but I tend to try and uh, have a series of little rehearsals of different phrases and things like that to get around problems Mm -hmm. in communication but the rest of the you know as far as uh, being systemic and things like that that seems to come fairly naturally and it just exists Mm. that's more the communication side that I struggle with. Well in our film we have uh, 33 people presented and I was delighted that not one of them in the film said um, I wish I didn't have autism Uh, yeah that's an interesting thing isn't it in a way I think if someone said that I could have been born not intersexed and not have Kleinfelters I'm not sure that I would have selected that either now it's taken a long time to actually come to terms with it and I'm a person I'm a bit the same being a wheelie. I'm not sure if someone said to me tomorrow, oh, well, we can make you walk down the street now. I'm not sure. There's part of it I would take because it's hard at times, but I wouldn't really know who I was if I'd suddenly turned around and could do cartwheels out the door and sprint to the down the stairs and not have to take the lift, like, you know. So I think... Um, the big thing for me the last few years and doing this show is also just trying to get pride and be um, proud of who we are and who we've become and and not get stuck in sort of the the medical model and the pathologizing and the labels. Labels are good and they help us in some ways, but as this show has already proved today, Um, We're all different no matter what our label is. Um, Personally, sitting in the CP area of things, a cerebral palsy for those who don't know, um, I've never met another CP person who's anywhere near like me. So we're all different. We're all, you know, living with different things and I think it's important to celebrate those differences, be proud of them and know that, if um, legislation keeps up and education keeps up, there's no reason why people can't join in the community and do all sorts of amazing things and contribute to this great nation of ours. 
click on the podcast tab via the new Joy website for the the best best of joy. joy. Joy.org.au Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.